When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick takes jams from a particular soundtrack. And based on the selections that are played, uh, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And today's featured film, Undercover Brother. It's a good one, too. Even mm-hmm. the folks on the Specs text line said you had them stumped. You had us stumped. I, do, I, think, I think I saw one Specs text line uh, texter that got it around the same time that Harge got it. But we all struggle with that. And uh, as a result, because um, Undercover Brother, and we do have two brothers doing the show, uh, our black card will be uh, suspended for one week because Harge and I struggled to get the Undercover Brother. Uh, even after the uh, James Brown. I'm black and I'm proud was played. Yeah. Still couldn't get it. Hard. Patrick got to help out Harge, and Harge ultimately got it after that. So, yeah, just all right. One week suspension. It's, okay. it's not the first time I've my black card has been suspended. It's no, been suspended not before. Yet, not yeah, yet. it's all right. It, it, honestly, it happens to everybody. Obama's had his suspended. Uh, Jesse Jackson had his suspended. Actually, James Brown had his black card suspended for a while, too. Uh, remember, yeah. people got mad at him because he was supporting uh, Tricky Dick. Yes, Richard right. Richard Nixon. That's he right. Didn't like that, so black card got suspended for a little while. It happens. It's okay. Kanye's is permanently. <laughs> I do believe Kanye's black card has been totally revoked. And it ain't American Express. Yeah, I think they it's took, uh, they took OJ's. Yeah, they, no, they did take OJ's. Yeah, that's true. OJ's. Yep. Yeah, they did take OJ's, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think OJ lost all of his cards. I don't know if he's even his humanity card. Still, yeah, he, he's, he still got he's, some. Is his dangling hey, on he's there? He's got his country club card because uh, he, he's yeah. still out there golfing. He is. Yeah, you're right. He does golf a lot, and he loves social media too. He, he everybody, he he loves social media so much. He comments on almost every. I don't. I don't watch it. I don't care. But he comments on all the big sports stories and stuff. Yeah. You can get OJ's comments. He just throws them out there. On anything. On random, on anything. Yes. LeBron, MJ, he'll talk about anything. So, uh, but nobody cares because it's OJ. Mm. Uh, mm. All right. Uh, we'll come, we'll get to some um, NFL news notes and nuggets coming up in the six o'clock. Uh, coming up next segment, uh, we'll just either continue our conversations because we're talking a lot about Texas and the Big 12 and the SEC. Of course, Texas current home, um, but it will be its former home because they are headed to the SEC. So we're going to hear from Nick Saban, the GOAT, um, from SEC Media. He's talking about the schedule and also from Jimbo Fisher uh, talking about the schedule as well. So we'll get into that. But I love this from Kirk Bowles. Uh, he's tweeting out. I guess, uh, updates, if you will, from SEC Media Days um, and David Ubbin, too. So all of the uh, the uh, different beat reporters are tweeting out different updates. And it does say uh, here, Kirk Burrow says, Ross Bjork, the AD from um, A&M, that he busted Texas AD Chris Del Conte's chops for wearing shorts and flip-flops to the meetings. Come on, man. Have mm-hmm. some respect 
That's what he said to him. But he was joking. He was joking. No, he's joking. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Is that true that he wore flip He must be in the, I don't know, is it in, where are the meetings at? In Florida? Where yeah, they, Destin. They're okay, in so Destin, maybe Florida. he's just maybe he's coming off the beach or something. He's figuring out he's in a beach mindset. But CDC's one of the sharpest dressers we know. Oh my goodness! The man dresses uh, all the time. Matter of fact, you can say that he may overdress for most of the occasions, but he always looks good, always looks mm-hmm. smooth. So, uh, just in a I don't know a beach mindset, if you will. Uh, okay, so let's get to these comments. Let's start with Jimbo Fisher's comment. Uh, there were two pieces of audio from Jimbo Fisher. One is him on the podium, actually addressing the media, and he's being asked about rivalries and the new scheduling format. Now, the SEC has not yet decided or voted on a scheduling format, but the reports are they're down to two different options. There is the uh, eight-game format, an option which means you'll have one annual opponent you'll play every year. That's your rival, and you have seven rotating opponents. There's also the 3-6 model, the nine-game format model, where you'll have three rivals you'll play every year annually, and then you'll rotate the other six models. So they're deciding between these two models. And uh, his Jimbo Fisher, he was on the podium being asked about the scheduling format and being asked about the rivalries and what he likes and what he would prefer. Here's uh, Jimbo Fisher. I would love it. I mean, rivalries are great for college football. I love rivalries. I think the one, uh, the one seven format, in my opinion, whatever the dominant rivalry is or whatever the league says it is, uh, is that the three gives you, you get your second rival, which in this league, there's still a lot of those that are included in that thing too. And then the format goes back of, you know, five and four and how, what you're scheduling. I think there's a whole, there's so much unknown because where's the college format going to be? Where's the bowl game schedule is going to be in the future? How does this affect playoffs? How many teams are getting in? How many losses can you have? In? I think there's a lot of consequences there that we don't know the answers to. But, yeah, I would love to play Texas. If we had, that was our guy. I would love to play Texas, without a doubt. Now, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, bring up this audio, but I do remember watching it um, on the SEC Media Days on YouTube Jimbo Fisher is in favor of the FCS game on the SEC schedule. He has, matter of fact, more so than any other SEC coach, he has advocated for that FCS opponent. He thinks it's good. He thinks it's good for the overall game. It's good to reach out to the lower levels. He thinks it's good for coaching ties, for upper mobility. You name it. He's he's throwing out a ton of different um, reasons as to why he supports it so strongly. So. Even though, you know, he's talked about how he wants to play Texas, and he does, if they go to the 1-7 format, he won't because Texas' rival will be Oklahoma in that 1-7 format. But if they go to the 3-6 format, then he'll have his choice between Texas and some other schools as the rival for A&M uh, in that particular format. But he's already said, and if he wants that that cupcake on the schedule, you're still going to have, I guess you still got the big non-cons, the two kind of big non-con schedule games and if they go to a, let's say, 3-6 format, he's saying he would rather one of those non-cons to still be an FCS game. Now, usually the F- the, uh, the SEC schedules, not all of them, but a lot of them have the three non-con games, which are all uh, you know FBS opponents for the most part. And then they'll have that one FCS cupcake thrown in there, too. And that's what we've seen. A lot of people have complained about that and talked about that. And some SEC coaches have gone on the record to say they they want that week, not just for the reasons that Jimbo Fisher has brought up, but they like having 
kind of a not a week off, but a down week in the schedule there. Almost a bye week that they throw in there too for the SEC for them to get healthy. Um, I don't. I think for Texas and Oklahoma to go into the SEC and Texas not rekindle the Texas Texas A&M rivalry, that would be a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And a travesty. It would be a severe miscalculation, in my opinion, um, because and I know this is easier for Texas than it is for other schools. But Texas naturally, organically, has three rivals. Soon as they step foot into the SEC, bringing Oklahoma with them, the Arkansas old school rivalry from the old Southwest Conference yep. days, and then you got the Aggie rival, which is the state rival. It 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 does fit naturally for Texas, but I realize for every other school out there. It's not that easy. Even for the Aggies, I don't know who their three mainstay rivals would be. And if they go to one to the one uh, seven format, I don't know who the Aggies rival is going to be there in Neither the one seven they. format. Neither yeah. do they. I mean, that's the other part about it. For me, as I sit and I think about all these rivalries, and in Jimbo, he, he says, "Oh yeah, I love rivalries. I think it's great." I don't understand. <sighs> I don't understand how he would want to play one of those FCF schools. I don't get that. He does. I, well, he, he says it's I think, like good. It's like charitable almost in his mind. So you can go out there and beat them up. I mean, you know, that's they do the get, thing. They do pay him for that. I know, but they I mean, him. that's a that's. I mean, you're not going out there for practice. I mean, I understand where we're at. This is something that when you're becoming a super conference and this is what you want to consider yourself, every week you're going to be able to play top-notch games, and yeah. that's what the people want to see. It, it, they're, they're, you don't want to see cupcake games. You want to, go to the, you want to go to the stadium and watch them go out there and put work in. Your team has to be on top-notch. I mean, you're paying these kids now like they're NFL players, go out there and play NFL games. If that's what you – if you really want to be in that – and you chose to go to the SEC, bro. You were the one. Y'all wanted to go into the SEC. It just means more. It does. It does mean more when you're <laughs> playing it. Now, to Patrick's point of what he said earlier, if we are going to add more teams into the playoffs, then you need to play everybody. You need to go ahead and, and if it, it doesn't hinge on just one game, you need to go out there and play everybody and not put cupcakes on your schedule. Uh, you know what? And we'll hear from Nick Saban a little bit later on. Nick Saban actually agrees with you. Nick, Nick Saban's original take has been, man, let's just go playing Power 5 on Power 5. Like, put all this other nonsense to the side. Yeah. And let's just go Power 5 on Power 5, and everybody's schedule is a lot more you know, equal. Um, but we'll get to that Nick Saban sound. Let's hear from the last cut here from Jimbo Fisher. He's he's now, uh, I believe, with the media. He's away from the podium, and they're having a discussion about the scheduling and the rivals, and they bring up Texas. So I believe the audio here also has the question from the media in it, and this is Jimbo Fisher going back and forth with the media. Here is uh, the audio. Is your go traditional rivalries of A and M? You would probably say Texas. Right. That's why it should be three six, right? Because well, Texas wouldn't pick A and M, huh? Because Texas wouldn't pick A and M. I don't know. Well, that's why I'm saying that's why we should I, go three six. Listen, we're not going to live our life worrying about Texas. You know what I'm saying? We're going to live our life worrying about A and M and what's best for A and M, and that's great. And that has nothing to do with them. They're a great school. They do what they need to do. We need to do what we need to do. Uh, I like the way he said that, too. Um, he wants to play Texas, yep. but, you know, hey, man, A&M's forging their own path. They got their own identity. They don't want to be in the shadow of Texas. Uh, but, yeah, I I don't understand how the eight-game format in the SEC is getting so much momentum. There is the Ross Dellinger theory that it's all about money in the end. It's got nothing to yeah. do with the FCS games, nothing to do with Power 5 opponents or the college playoff. It's about money and the SEC 
decision makers. Uh, they would like that game if it's worth five million per school. All right, that extra game they'd like ESPN to compensate them for that extra game rather than just giving it to them free of charge for added value. Right. And if that's the case, then yeah. But I don't know if ESPN is on the same you know page uh, with that conspiracy theory. If that indeed is the case, but I definitely think they want more money for it. No question, especially if you're talking about another SEC game, which right. it would be right. That's a va- especially if it's a rivalry game. Another that's what I keep thinking too. Game. Yeah, you, you're a, adding some more incentive to it. Yeah, that's that's big time, man. People are and the TVs attached. are going to be on it. That's the other part of it, because at the end of the day, when you're looking at ESPN, you're looking at Fox, you're looking at all the the networks that are looking for another game. Nobody, the other games, that FCS game is a pay per view game, most of the time. If you if you go back and look at, remember they used to do a lot of pay per views. Yeah, I remember. Where that. you had to go if you it's wanted to watch idea. your team. Yeah, you had to go pay for it, terrible and it's idea. like, come on, man, what are we doing? Like, I, I. I it's just crazy to me that they hadn't thought this out. You knew this was coming. You, if It's just like the uh, NIL deal. If they would have put the parameters out there right away, nobody would have fought it. They would have argued for it a little bit, but they would have been like, okay, this is the number. They gave us the number. This is where we're at. Just like this. The SEC, the leadership board, should have already said, this is what we're going to do, and I think this is why, and everybody would have got in line with it. Now you're over here having options, and what do you think? What do you think? I think everybody should play everybody, and we should just go out there and and strap it up. You get a couple games out of conference, but it's all got to be power five or or a group of five. You can't have the FCF lower-level teams playing against your squad. No. Um, As a matter of fact, uh, on that note, here's Nick Saban, because Nick Saban was asked about the scheduling too, and then he goes back to kind of pat himself on the back for something that he – uh, was advocating for years ago uh, in regards to SEC scheduling. Here is Nick Saban. I'm sure a lot of those things will, you know, sort of factor into it. But I, I still am always of the opinion that we should pay all Division One games. You know, I've said this for years. So whether there's 60 teams in the Power Five conferences or 70 teams or however many there are, that. Uh, it's better for fans. It's better for strength of schedule that we all play all Power Five, you know, games. So, however we get to that, uh, I think that's the best thing. I think one of the more difficult things with going to nine games is, you know, we've tried to schedule two uh, out of conference Power Five games to try to improve our strength of schedule over the next. I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten years. And um, if we go to nine games, we'll have to unwind that. So my, my deal is was always play more SEC games because we couldn't get other people to schedule. So now I think there's more people in tune to scheduling. So having a balance is probably the most important. I'm not sure where Nick Saban stands after that. Right. But it, he, he did say originally that he would like to get to a point of at least somewhere close to what you envision, Harge, which is, man, let's just cut out the nonsense, you know, get to the point where we're going to separate ourselves and be this a, a, the super conferences. Yes. And it's just four or three super conferences. Let's just play each other. 
Right. Let's just play each other, and then that'll be part of our separation from the rest of college football, whether it be the NCAA or whether it be Division One, and we'll come closer to being able to change our own rules as it relates to NIL, change our own rules as it relates to the transfer portal, change our own rules as it relates to you know player uh, athlete compensation um, because they know right now the NCAA is not going to do any of that kind of stuff either. Right. So I, I I'm with you. I think. Then maybe we're getting closer to it, um, but right now the SEC they're still struggling over. Like I said, that the three six or the one seven, and to me it sh- it shouldn't even be a debate. Like mm. the three six is way sexier than the one seven. The one seven. What's the point in making yourself the biggest and the most competitive football conference in the history of college football if you're not going to have as many of those power players and blue bloods playing each other? Right. What's the point then? Yeah. I was going to stay in the Big 12. Exactly. That's what I'm like, what are we doing? I thought we were going to do a kind of a, you know, where, hey, all the best brands of college football, they're going in two leagues. It's going to be like Apple and Android. Choose one. You choose Apple, you choose Android, pick a side, you're Big 10 or you're SEC. Those are pretty much the big boys of college football. Yep. That's where the big boys play. And they play each other. Mm -hmm. And yeah, for the. One seven, they don't play each other. Exactly, they, they avoid each other. It's yep. weird. And ah. you think about it, all those teams that are in the SEC, you got a fourteen-team league now, and you still sitting over here trying to figure out how you gonna make this work. Come on, man, this is easy. You got that many teams, you should be able to make that work easily. Scheduling should not be a problem. Mm. I don't think it. I, I yeah. I don't know why it has become a big issue. Shouldn't be this big. <laughs> it of an should issue. not be this. Should big be of an something issue. that yeah, yeah. is a relatively simple solution. But yeah, it just seems like now there are just two camps, um, and they can't get all the coaches and all the administrators and decision makers on the same page. So uh, we'll 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 come back and get into some more uh, discussion. We'll talk nil. Uh, Nick Saban uh, walking off the stage at. SEC Media Days took a shot at Texas along with a couple of other schools as it relates to NIL. Come on, We'll man. hear from Nick Saban. Uh, we'll read those comments. And I'll tell you why it's a good thing that Nick Saban's taking shots at Texas. Mm. A really good thing. Mm. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 the Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. All right, before we get into this Nick Saban sound, uh, taking shots at Texas, Hart sent me a video of a TikTok video of LSU players, like LSU football, like their equipment stuff. And they're letting their players try on what they are claiming. And I'm gonna say claiming because I want to. I want. I want proof of this that this player they're having 
air-conditioned helmets this year. Got to stay cool, man. How do we feel? About, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Let me if try think, one of them helmets on first. Well, Let me I'm see what sure, that AC I'm is sure working. it's amazing. I'm sure it feels great. Yeah. But I don't, man, it's something about the, I don't know, the mental toughness. Of that, am I just being ignorant and old school? That I, see, I'm more. I'd be more worried about them breaking in the middle of a game. I'd worry about and that then, too. And now your players like, well, I practiced in air conditioning. <laughs> I've done everything in air conditioning. Now you and got now me. In this it heat. is it is the third quarter in 112 degrees, or we're in Florida or something. Well, that's mental toughness to me. And that's then why now I'm pouring sweat out of my helmet. Yeah, to me that's mental toughness. And it's I don't want to go ability, in the game. Your ability to be able. To deal with that with that type of adversity, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, whatever, part of that is what makes you mentally tough. Mm-hmm, I'm worried yeah. about your players' mental toughness when they got air conditioned helmets. Because like, now are they breaking, so you physically won't have that advantage. But man, I mean, think about that. Part of your conditioning as a player is to learn your body to learn how to regulate its temperature. Right. And so to help, you know, cool yourself up, they tell you, like, control your breathing and, yeah, yeah. and you know, to stand up, those kind of things. And you just put on the air-conditioned helmet and it's all good? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being old school. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah you are being old school. Until Tess, until you try it on and then you're going to be like, ooh, I like this. Oh, no, and Pat's right, too. If you, land, if you land the wood, it could just break on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're teaching you not to tackle with your helmet, Rod. They're teaching you to get on the side of them and, and rugby-style tackle them. I don't know. Tell I don't know. Chris Ash. I wonder how Texas feels because if it's if it's cutting edge technology, Texas is going to be oh right you know there in the conversation. In the Somebody already pitched it to them. Right. And I wonder if they said no or they're like, oh no, we'll we'll get ours next <laughs> Coach, year. Coach, I got brain freeze. Wow. <laughs> air conditioned helmet. Co- I know there are a lot of coaches out there. Let me know what y'all think about. Oh yeah. Air conditioned helmets. Maybe I'm being the old school. Maybe I'm just being like an old crotchet. Old crotchet. Nah, world is getting soft, Rod. That's what it is. Players out here getting soft. I just can't. Yeah, that, that's the new. They need to go out there. there with them leather helmets and show me what's going on. <laughs> you're just going to see the whole bench with helmets on on the sideline. Yeah. Just cooler. Not it's like, it's cooler with the helmet on. Yeah, they're not even taking them off this time. I mean, I used to like the fans, but, you know, the little fans that yeah. would blow. The little mist. The mist fans yeah. and everything. I'd like those, but now we're talking about, wow. Man, A whole new level, did, dog. I think, did he say it would last five hours? Five hours. Whoa. So you're getting a triple overtime, and the whole team's like, <laughs> oh, geez, guys. <laughs> we, are, we are phasing out here. That one guy said, man, I promise you, I'm not even going to sweat when I run around because I got this on my head. <laughs> exactly. I want them to sweat. <laughs> I need you to work up a sweat. I don't, need, I don't know if I need them being that comfortable in practice. Right. I, the part, of, part of football is to get out of your comfort zone. That's maybe the only the way you get happens. that. Well, maybe the only way you get that is after the week. Like you have to work hard enough to earn the air conditioned helmet. Okay, I like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you can't have it. You can't have it all the time. Basically, you only get yes. it on a Friday walkthrough. You, you only get that. So, so you Friday get adjusted they gonna Friday bringing, walkthrough. They're gonna be bringing that on recruiting meetings if they get it. <laughs> I agree. Hey, hey, that this is here's the Alabama helmet. Here's the LSU <laughs> helmet. Which one feels better? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good point too. Texas says they have to weigh something. Won't that make you so? Yeah, because they have to pass like a different they tests do. and everything yeah. and protocols. So they have the, whatever the weight limit is. It obviously passed all the tests. Yeah. They're going to wear it. It has to. That is wild. Uh, all right, something else that's wild is nil, gentlemen. Uh, let's um, let's hear from Nick Saban first about nil because he was asked about nil transfer portal and just asked about how college football is changing. 
a lot faster than any of us, especially regulation, can keep up with. And he went on a little bit. It wasn't a rant, um, but he was pretty lengthy. And I actually cut this, and it's still pretty lengthy. Yeah. Um, but here is basically Nick Saban saying he thinks college football just needs to go pro. College athletics is not a business. People say it's a business. It's not a business. It's revenue producing. When I was the coach at the Miami Dolphins, Wayne Huizenga owned the team. That was a business. He took a profit. He made money. He made a huge investment. That doesn't happen in college athletics. We reinvest every cent right, that gets made into to non-revenue sports, to scholarships, to a lot of things that create a lot of opportunity for a lot of people, which is really, really good. So. We're not talking about the same thing. It's not really a business. It's revenue producing. And nobody takes a profit. All the money gets reinvested in other opportunities for other people, whether it's facilities, whether it's scholarships, whether it's opportunities for people to play. And if we continue down this road, are we going to be able to continue to have those opportunities? I think those are all good questions that somebody probably ought to answer. How do you feel about the idea of taking some of that profit and, and making players employees? Like you, you're about just that well, I, I just think that, yeah, I, I have no problem with, with that. I mean, unionize it, make it like the NFL. I mean, if it's going to be the same for everyone, uh, I think that's better than what we have now because what we have now is we have some states and some schools and some states that are investing a lot more money uh, in terms of managing their roster than other others and I think this is going to create a real competitive disadvantage for some in the future and it's also going to create an imbalance uh, in competitive nature of the sport which that's not good for the sport everything they do in the NFL is to create what parity parity so and if they could have everybody going into the 17th week of the season at 8-8, eight and eight, that would be like a dream for the NFL. Because <laughs> every team would be watch, every fan would be watching their team to see if they get in the playoffs. Well, you think there's disparity in college football right now? You're going to be a lot more in the future. Okay. Now, allegedly... Right after, see how often he said parody? That was like his word, parody, yes. parody, parody, parody. Allegedly, right after he steps off the podium, in the process of stepping down away from the podium at that media availability at SEC uh, spring meetings, he said, quote, several sources stated this, quote, you think parody is here? I think the way Southern Cal, Texas, and Texas A&M are spending money, it hasn't hit yet. What are you willing to spend? And then he walked away. Interesting. So he, he was throwing out that word, parody, parody, parody. You heard mm-hmm. it at the end. And I can't find the audio. I've looked for it everywhere. I assume <laughs> the SEC are trying to control the message, so they won't let the audio get out there. You just got the quote. I will still look for the audio uh, to try to find it because I want that audio because Nick, Sab- Nick Saban taking shots at Texas is a really good thing. I believe Nick Saban is He's a goat. So he's as plugged in as anybody else. He's got he's got people are doing favors for Nick Saban all over the country. Because everybody wants to either mm-hmm. coach on his staff or they want Nick Saban to owe them one. Or they want to be, you know, a friend of Nick Saban. So he's got people all over. His network is wide. Yep. All right. And expansive. <laughs> and I do believe when Nick Saban takes shots at different schools or coaches, 
in some way, it's a little threatening to him. That's why he's taking the shot. When he took the shot at AM, uh, we talked about how AM was buying all their players. Now, he doesn't believe that AM is going to, you know, start going on a streak of beating Bama year after year, but he knows that AM will definitely start beating them on the recruiting trail with NIL money. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, it was already happening. That's why he brought it up the way he did, right? Talked about them buying players, and he was mentioning that with NIL. And I think for Texas, something similar. Remember, I uh, brought up the article from the Austin Business Journal that was uh, came out, I think that was last week, maybe two weeks ago. And I brought it up in Rod's Round the Day how uh, in that article of the Austin Business Journal, it was a uh, CEO of Open Doors, which is a, a, a Nebraska-based company that tracks NIL activity um, and tracks NIL revenue. And their CEO, Blake Lawrence, said, quote, we track hundreds of millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of transactions through our technology and platform. Analyzing the first 20 months of NIL, Texas Athletics is numero uno, number one in the country in our data set when it comes to NIL compensation for student athletes. And we all know USC Hell, was it Pat Narduzzi that called out USC and Lincoln Riley mm. for going after uh, his players at Jordan Addison? He called him out yes. straight up and just said, yes. nah, man, I, I don't like the way they're doing business. So two, basically one school, Nick Saban's already brought up all right, because he feels a little threatened by the Aggies and what they're doing in NIL. Um, they, and then now he's bringing up USC who's been called out by another coach uh, for their NIL methods. And now he's calling out Texas, and Texas is like, "Hey, we just got it. We we're we're sitting down. We got to sit at the table at SEC meetings. We just got invited to the party. Yeah, but we we can't even vote. We can't do anything. And yet, Nick yeah. Saban's putting Texas in there too. Like Texas, throw them in there too, <laughs> because his network has told him, man, there are some schools who are rainmakers in the NIL world. What'd you say all the time? There are some, and they Texas wants to be, be NIL capital of go. college sports. They do. Texas boosters, BMDs. Shout out to the BM big money boosters and donors. I have some of them have told me, no, Texas, we would like to be the NIL capital of, of college sports. Oh. So if the kids want to take advantage of their NIL, if they want to maximize it, they come to the University of Texas at Austin. That's where they go. And USC wants to be in that conversation. Miami. I'm surprised Nick Saban mm-hmm. hadn't called out Miami yet. He called out Dion. He did and he call called out Dion last time. And Dion called him out. I ain't hard exactly. to find. Call me. And why did he call out Dion? Because Dion is killing it right yep. now on the NIL trail. Yeah, killing is. it. Because yep. he's Dion. At a place that don't even have money. Exactly. Colorado ain't even got the money they yet. They not even got the money yet. <laughs> we'll talk about Colorado coming up a little bit later on. But they don't even have the money yet. So yep. he's just hearing about the NIL rainmakers and going and, and just and he's kind of vomiting them out randomly, some of his uh random, you know press conference, media availability, uh, rants. I don't know if they're rants, but like I, said, I don't know in, in when he said that or how he said it, but to me, it's a compliment for Texas. just says he's threatened by NIL. And remember, he was threatened by spread, up-tempo, pace-and-space offenses a few years ago before he decided to major in those types of offenses, and mm-hmm. now they have some of the most prolific offenses in college football. But remember, for years he was saying it was going to lead to more injuries in college football. It was going to be a. It was going to degrade the product of college football. Uh, he oftentimes references these things, and and he does it in a you know, a, a in a fashion that is disparaging a lot of the times yep. about things that are threatening to him, threatening to his regime and to his his power. Uh, as the the goat and as the 
you know, the, the, the best fo- football program in college football for the last, I don't know. And now that's, I know Georgia right now, but we're talking about for the last decade plus. Yeah, I was going to say, George is coming. George is right now. He should have been yeah, saying yeah. Georgia. That's what he should have said. He, he should have said Texas. He hasn't brought up Georgia yeah. a lot. Maybe it's because him and Kirby Smart are close and he doesn't go after Yeah, them. he don't want that smoke. He don't want that smoke because Kirby yeah. Smart probably knows where more of the bodies are buried. Him and Jimbo. Yeah, but remember, Kirby Smart was with him more than longer That's than true. any other assistant. So he knows where all them bodies are buried. He's like, Nick, don't true. come at me, man. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I yeah. ain't the one. He shouldn't have came at Jimbo either because Jimbo <laughs> basically told him, too, bro, I know too much. Yeah. Don't come at me. This ain't that. the game you want to play. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's good that he came at Texas. It's just because Texas is killing it on the in, in, in the NIL world uh, right now, as yeah. they should. They should be. Um, okay, we'll get to, matter of fact, coming up next segment, we got to get to this story about Colorado and the Big 12 because apparently Colorado, maybe Dion too, very interested in going back to their old stomping grounds. We'll talk about that more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I wonder if we're not on the horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick takes jams from a soundtrack and based on the selections that are played, Hard's not supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film for midweek movie music. And uh, today, great movie. Well, funny movie, I should say. Undercover Brother. Which. Undercover. I got, yeah, I didn't realize I, I didn't realize I hadn't seen the sequel until we spoke about the sequel that Eddie Griffin is not in the sequel. Yep. So maybe I gotta you, did you see the sequel? Is it funny? No. Okay. Well, it's not the it. same without him. Of course it's not. Why would they make one without him? And my man Michael Jai White is the karate dude in Black Dynamite, and he plays in all these other movies that are almost like B. Level movies. Oh yeah, and I don't know if he's a good comedic actor either. He's not. Yeah, I don't know why they did. I think that. I, I like him better when he's he's being more serious. Dang coaching mistake by yeah. me, I guess. He's being um, out there with Jet Lee doing those types <laughs> of movies, you know. Um, uh, also, a dang coaching mistake uh, in retrospect would be Colorado moving to the Pac-12. Wasn't a wise move for them. It has not paid off for them. And it's now being reported that Den- being reported by Dennis Dodd, I should say, that Colorado has held substantive talks with the Big 12 Conference as the university weighs its options in regards to its future with the Pac-12, uh, with the Pac-12 inching closer to a television deal that may never come. Dodd says <laughs> that Colorado um, is performing due diligence to determine whether to return to the conference it once called home. As is the case with the rest of the Pac-12, the Buffaloes are holding steady right now as the conference waits to hear about the new media rights deal that has yet to be determined despite several months of negotiation. And right now, Colorado's pretty hot, especially with Dion coming into the fold as the uh, new foot, uh, football coach there with Colorado. They just had their, their spring game, and I want to say I read that they actually made $200,000 profit on the spring yeah. game. Yep. And... And that that is for for Colorado. That's pretty big, considering yeah. where that program was. So uh, they're a hot commodity right now. I'm not saying you just bring them in just because of Dion, uh, but Colorado had way more success when they were associated with the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. which was associated with the state of Texas. Correct. And Dion in Texas is money. They 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 go hand in hand. Yeah, Dion. Can, yeah. yeah, he really could, man. He could make some headway recruiting in the state of Texas with that kind of connection. He's still he's already. Uh, recruiting in the state of Texas, but with that kind of direct connection, playing so many Texas schools every year, that would uh, make his presence even more influential. Yeah. 
he is uh, that guy that is making moves and continues to make them. And I know a lot of people are tired of Dion and not thinking he's going to do anything. Well, when he lost all those players, he had a lot of players come to him as well. He had a ton of players go out there, a lot of them from FSU, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. And then you got his son who just now made his commitment. His other son. His yeah. other yeah. son is there now. He was, he was in trouble for a while. That's oh, why okay. he didn't come originally because okay. Dion was mad at him because he oh, was cause he staying. Stayed. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know, good for him. Yeah, he's his own man. He's trying to do his own thing. And I, I think I remember reading the quote. He was like, "No, I made a commitment yep. to Jackson State, so I want to be here." Well, and I now guess. he got his luggage though. He yeah, came, nah. did you see the <laughs> Did you see the production? Long. Oh, he, he showed up with Louis Louis Vuitton bags hey. in his his. Uh, Recruitment and commitment video. It's pretty good. Hey, well, it was Dion, pretty good. Man. You know how yeah. Dion does it. Yeah. Um, and I did read that since uh, joining the Pac 12 in 2011, Colorado has received $56 million less in conference distributions uh, if they had stayed in the Big 12. So, compared mm. to if they had stayed in the Big 12. So, that's a big number. You know, you're talking about you know five something million dollars per year they're missing out on for a school like Colorado. That could be big. So, uh, Brad Yarmark, who's done a magnificent job Man. so far as the you know the uh, commissioner of the Big Twelve, and he he's been on the job with less than a year, I believe. And he's been very Total. very aggressive. Been Remember, active. he he showed up at Big Twelve media days. Mm-hmm. That's when he got the job. Right before that, right. because uh, Bob Bowlesby was doing the transition of him being at it. It's kind of like Chris Del Conte at the SEC media days. Yep. He's just popping up, seeing popping what's up, happening, wearing some. Flip-flops. Wearing flip-flops. There's yeah. some shorts. As long as it's not Crocs, he's okay. As long as it's flip-flops, is okay. Just don't Just bring up. in like, oh, y'all in town too? Yeah. <laughs> I was just visiting I was visiting my uncle. I don't <laughs> you know. Y'all were staying here. We were in the beach house right down the way down there. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, you know what? I, I like Colorado in, in a new look Big 12. I think that would be a good move for them. Yeah. Um, that'd be a really good move for the Big 12 and for Colorado. I think that's a actually win-win, especially now with Dion raising the profile of Colorado mm-hmm. football. I mean, Colorado football used to be Colorado used to be an it school for football. I took a visit to Colorado when I was coming out, and it was one of my five schools because man, Colorado was cool back then. It was that's, definitely it was just unis, cold. It was cool and it was cold. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a been a drastic drop off. Uh, in just relevance overall for that football program. Dion has made them relevant again. Um, and now if they can make their way to the Big 12 in the next couple of years, yep. I think that would raise their profile even more because the Pac-12, to me, looks like it's uh, – yeah, it's on. It, it's like it's, it's in its dying days. I mean, it feels like it's it's on life support. Your your mark has brought new life to the Big Twelve. Yeah, because uh, they you know they they got a television deal. The Big Twelve looks pretty stable now. The Pac twelve looks very fragile. Mm-hmm. And if I am Colorado, I want to get the hell out of Dodge. And <laughs> I wonder who else will come. I think the Arizona schools are really attractive. Um, uh, the, the Arizona schools are very attractive. The Arizona schools are very yeah. attractive if you're the Big 12. And you get direct flights. That's oh. the other part of it, too. I didn't realize that. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Yeah. There you go. 
See, Harsh knows that. So I mean, we're I'm traveling, traveling all over That's the right. place. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, we come back. We'll get into uh, some more NFL news, notes, and nuggets. I want to talk about uh, the Cowboys' offensive line just a little bit. There's a story out there about the Cowboys' line, and there's a an article USA Today ranking the best backfields in the NFL, and they do not like the Dallas Cowboys' come backfield. On, man. We'll talk Me about neither. how we can rectify that. <laughs> See, Hard's a Cowboys fan, and he don't like. I the Cowboys don't like backfield. it either. That's the one thing they have failed to do this offseason is address really that backfield. I guess they got Deuce Vaughn, but they need to do more. We'll talk about that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.